0: Welcome to the Eat More Barbecue Podcast. I'm Ryan Sanderson, and every week I lead you through the world of Alberta barbecue and beyond, bringing you stories of the amazing people in and around the barbecue culture. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen in. I appreciate the gift of your time, and I hope I can entertain you for a little bit. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher, and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. And now, on with this week's show. Hello, Eat More Barbecue family, and welcome everybody to episode 120 of the podcast. What is up? Glad to have you aboard this week. My guest for this episode is Sean Bevins. Last time Sean joined the podcast was on episode number 32, way back in February of 2019. With the very special kind of year that 2020 has been, February of 2019 feels like two lifetimes ago. At that time, Sean was in the midst of growing the Hammer Forge brand of cookers. Sean left Hammer Forge a while back and with his partners has started up Hellraiser Outdoor Cooking. They have just started full production on their first grill, the Yama, and are also producing a heavy-duty charcoal chimney that does double-duty as a small grill with the available cooking grate. In addition to, the, to these two manufactured products, they are also selling a Tex-Mex char, charcoal blend that I'm anxious to get my hands on to try. Last week on the show, I did a review of the new BK Barbecue Old School Rub, and I'd like to do more reviews. If you have a barbecue or cooking product that you'd like me to talk about and review on the show, get in contact with me via social media or by email at eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. Before we get into my conversation with Sean from Hellraiser, it's time to pay some bills. This episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast is brought to you in part by the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. The APN has a great variety of podcasts for all interests, including Kyle and Dave vs. The Machine. To prevent the apocalypse, Kyle and Dave watch films ordered up by a sentient machine. Here they are to tell you about it. Hi,
1: my name is Kyle. I'm Dave. And I'm the Machine. And we do a podcast called Kyle and Dave vs. The Machine. It's a podcast where a sentient machine is forcing us to watch movies in order to prevent it from initiating the apocalypse. Although, Dave, you and I tend to talk about the ideas of the movie rather than the movie itself.
0: Well, it's the machine's fault, like everything, and and by effect your fault, Kyle, that you've invited me, and this is the only thing I like to talk about. I mean, I'm not going to face the apocalypse alone, so you seem like a good patsy to bring along with me. If you wanted somebody that was going to give you some hope, you picked the wrong person.
1: Kyle and Dave versus The Machine is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. New episodes are out every Friday.
0: Visit www.albertapodcastnetwork.com for links to Kyle and Dave versus the machine and all the other great shows on the network. Welcome back everybody. Another episode of the eat more barbecue podcast and, uh, welcoming back to the show from, uh, Drummondville, Quebec. I've got Sean Bevins on the line. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm good, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Welcome back. Uh, it's been a while since we last talked, so maybe, uh, just kind of remind folks your background, uh, a little bit about you there.
1: Uh, my background, I guess while I'm, I'm a barbecue guy, my, probably like most of your listeners, um, I happen to have the, the, I've been fortunate enough to uh, to have worked in metal most of my life, and so product development. And so most people out there, I guess, in the West, or and most of your listeners probably know me better for, for what I've done with Hammerforge. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of folks obviously obviously are probably still following me today with the new endeavor, which is Hellraiser. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a b- b- barbecue aficionado, really passionate about smoked barbecue, uh, actually anything that cooks with live fire and, uh, and manufacturing, uh, badass products, I guess.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, so you kind of touched on it and a question I'll ask is, uh, what does barbecue mean to you, Sean?
1: Um, that's a good question. Um, I guess barbecue for me is, um, for me, it's, it's kind of personal. It's, it's all about family. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm probably equally addicted to the meat cause I love meat, but, uh, I mean, I do it for my family. I don't compete or anything like that. I, I never really have. So, I mean, I just, I do it for the love of, you know, making really good food for my family and, and the times that we spend together. Um, over the stuff that I cook. That's, that's kind of why I'm, I'm really passionate, but I guess it's kind of something that brings you know, I like to invite people over and, and I like to throw big barbecues and I, mm-hmm. I like to feed people. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess it's probably the gathering, I guess the togetherness, the, the, um, yeah, just the time with friends and family, I guess that's kind of really what it is for
0: me. For sure. Absolutely. I, I feel very much the same way myself. It's that, uh, you know, gathering and uh, nothing brings people around like a fire and some good food on it, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, awesome. And when the when uh, the
1: meats when when the and when the meats good, it, it usually helps hey, too.
0: That sure helps, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs>
1: stray yeah. dog, stray cat, stray neighbors. Yeah, everybody brings
0: them yeah. all. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Uh, so you kind of touched on it last time we talked. You're uh, with Hammer Forge, uh, and you've moved on from there and started up a new. Uh, a new company, Hellraiser. Uh, let's talk about the where the idea and the concept of Hellraiser came from.
1: Yeah, um, well, obviously, when you know, when I uh, when I sold my shares in Hammerforge, it was a, it was a bit of a um, when it kind of all went down. I, I I basically went through a week where it was almost like mourning the death of of sure. somebody. Right, this was something that I had I had built, you know, with my family, and 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 so we worked very hard for. I guess the better part of three years of our life, putting hammer Forge together and getting the products out there. So um, yeah, I, I just out, took me about a week to kind of realize that, Hey, you know, it's you, you, have sold your, your shares, your, your, and, and I guess it was, you know, it was, yeah, like I said, it was just like mourning the death of somebody that you love or, sure. you know, something that you put so, so much energy into. And, you know, at one point I came to this, this kind of realization that, you know, I can either roll up in a ball and, and give up and cry or, you know, I can, you know, get back up and, and kind of, I don't know, wipe the tears off and, and mm-hmm. roll my sleeves up and carry on. And so. D-
0: dust yourself off and get back. Yeah. Back dust right.
1: yourself off and just carry on. Right. So that's yep. kind of what I did. Yep. Um, not knowing at that point, you know, when a lot of people found out that I was no longer involved in hammer forge, you know, a lot of people showed up, um, wanting to partner up with me, mm-hmm. you know, obviously with Hammerforge forge, we had, we had, really good, um, success in such a very short time. Right. You know, we exported to, you know, three or four different international markets, Australia, the UK, France, United States, and Canada. So, um, you know, obviously there was a, I guess a brand recognition thing there yep. with regards to myself and, and what we build. And, uh, and so, yeah, I was fortunate enough to have all kinds of different people show up with money in hand, you know, saying, look, you need, you can't stop now. You got to keep going. We need to build, yep. You need to build. We need to get you back building barbecues, right? So uh, it, it took me a bit um, to kind of weed out, you know, and, and to figure out who I wanted to partner with because um, lessons learned um, that uh, I wanted to make sure that this this time, you know. And I mean, who who does that really? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you have to be a bit. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's part insanity or if it's just that you know. I guess I'm. I, I like bringing something that makes me happy. I guess really what it boils down to is I like making people happy. Right. And so right. the, 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 the stuff that we create, I know what, what happiness it brings to me, my family, you know, the, like we talked about earlier, the gathering and the mm-hmm. togetherness and sharing meals together and the smoke and, and the wood and all that stuff, like just the barbecue experience in itself. But when you add to that, sharing something that's, that comes from inside your mind, um, you know, sharing a product that you that you painstakingly put together, that you develop, that you test, that ultimately you fall in love with, because I won't market anything that I'm I'm not absolutely in love with. Um, you know, I I'm not the type of guy that would just you know, I guess develop a product for the hell of developing a product just to yeah. get it out there to make money. Yeah. Um. The, the product has to speak to me, and so. Yeah. I mean, they just, I, people wanted to get me back in that, back in the, I guess in the, in the thrall things. And so, yeah, I was mm-hmm. fortunate enough to, I had a, I had a good friend of mine that was a bit of a, at the same time, it was kind of like a, a confidant that I would, you know, we, we would talk, he's got a business, another business. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we yeah. talked a lot and, you know, when I was going through all the different ups and downs I went through with hammerforce so we would discuss a lot. And he says, Hey, look, he says, I got a cousin that's, you know, that's uh, financially, you know, doing really, really well. And, you know, he, he might be interested in something like this. So he says, I'll, I'll talk to him and see what he says. And so one thing led to next and talk with the guys and it, it really clicked, you know, like there yeah. is just, uh, you know, something that I learned through all of this is that, um, with hindsight and, and, and I guess to be truth be told, I, I didn't listen to the, the voice inside the first time around.
0: Yep.
1: And, um, but at the end of it, you know, not it's it's weird how life works and destiny works, right? Because I, I didn't listen the first time around, but it was the most amazing opportunity in hindsight, you know, and growth, you know, mm-hmm. professional growth, um, I guess, personal growth for me with with the three years with Hammerforge. And uh but this time I I, I decided that I was going to listen to myself. That's another little
0: voice, right?
1: Yeah, a little a little less adventurous and and, yeah. and a little bit more logical in my approach to it. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I know I got some great partners. Awesome. And, uh, here we are.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And I guess, like you said, uh, when that r- referral, uh, for the partner comes from, uh, a trusted friend or a confidant, uh, a little more faith in that than just somebody approaching you out of the blue, right?
1: Yeah, there was a lot of those. Um, I had a lot of people approach me right out of the blue mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I I just, I wanted to make sure that it was a right, right fit this time. Right. Yep. And, um, and, and, and look, let's, let's, let's be totally honest. I mean, starting a manufacturing company in 2020, I mean, who does that really? (laughs) I mean, you know, in an organized fashion where you're, you know, where you you're competing against, you know, companies that have been in the marketplace for 60, 70 years, you know what I mean? Like, the competition is pretty ferocious. I mean, trying to compete with people that are manufacturers that are, are, are have access to, you know, factories in Asia and, and cheaply made products and, and and so it's it's difficult for a company to like certainly a Canadian I mean it's difficult starting a manufacturing company
0: regardless. Absolutely. Uh,
1: um, but you know trying to kind of make your way in a in a in a in a marketplace that's I don't know inundated you know the Chinese, and I, and and not to take away, I, I'm, I'm not here by any sense uh, to throw anybody under the bus, but it's it's difficult for a Canadian company, Canadian manufacturer to compete with that kind of that Asian qual that Asian quantity is what quantity, we'll call it, yes. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. the sheer volumes of product that come from from Asia and and cheaply made products. So yeah, um. So yeah, I mean it's uh, it's 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 really super tough, and I guess there's part insanity, part passion. I, I don't know what mm-hmm. it is, but yeah, yeah I <laughs> 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 all in again and
0: yeah let's go. Eh?
1: Yeah, I mean I I guess you know some people are, you know they'll they'll start one manufacturing company in your lifetime, and yep. you know that'll be enough for them. The one time would be more than enough, and I guess I'm crazy enough to do it twice.
0: There you go. <laughs> well, and just looking at at. Uh, A, what you did at Hammerforge and what I've seen from Hellraiser right now, I would say you're not competing with that Asian quantity commodities, right? You're certainly, you've got a niche market um, that you're going after, right?
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, I think the the consumers, uh, North American consumers, especially Canadian consumers, you know, Canadians are very, I mean, if you look at demographics of education, debt level and, all kinds of different things with regards to certainly the Canadian market, um, Canadian and the U S market, very similar, but very educated customers, Mm -hmm. um, customers that would start with a certain Asian built product, but then they want to, they want to, there are people in today's marketplace, you know, consumers are always looking for a bigger, bolder, better experience. They expect more from their products. Um, they expect more versatility. They expect, you know, um, i guess better longevity they expect uh there there's the expectations are high and i think that uh consumers in general are are kind of our made in asia experience as as we've we've kind of circled the question mm-hmm. um i think we all kind of realize now that uh you know while there's an there's a lure of you know affordable pricing most of us are are are, are pretty quick on the calculator to figure out well if you mm-hmm. amortize you know the 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 price of a yeah. Canadian built product versus an Asian product for the number of Asian products you're going to go through in your lifetime, you quickly yeah. realize that it's, it's uh, it's fine. It's financially more viable to buy a Canadian product, you know, pay a little bit more right now, but you're getting a product yeah. that's going to last longer. So yeah, yeah there's Absolutely. a place for us there and, and, and you know, consumers yep. are becoming more and more educated. Um, they're expecting more and more from their products. And so, yeah, there's a place, there's definitely a place for a Canadian manufacturer that offers, uh, you know, the types of materials that we do, the types of product mm-hmm. that we do. I mean, there's definitely a place for us, for sure.
0: Well, let's talk about that a little. I guess from, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, from what I've seen, uh, the vision for Hellraiser is kind of a modular, right? Is that modular cooking, yep. outdoor cooking products? Yep,
1: yep. Well, so we're um, so basically, again, uh, undertaking the startup of a manufacturing company with, you know, we've invested around $2 million in, in equipment, Mm-hmm. um we bought a you know all of our equipment is brand new there's there's nothing used bankers apparently they don't like used equipment yeah yeah <laughs> so so <laughs> so everything i i guess by not probably by choice but just by necessity because of the bankers yeah. but uh yeah every, everything's brand new and so yeah. there's, there's quite a i mean obviously i had a laser with you know we had a cnc high speed cnc laser machine with hammer forge um i've really i took all of my experience i guess my apprenticeship Right. Uh, with yeah. with with the time that I was that I built Hammer Forge, um, I kind of used that experience to try and avoid the pitfalls. Sure. And some of the mistakes that I made. You know, we all make mistakes, mm-hmm. and, I, and I made some mistakes, and and I and I try to learn from them, and, and kind of recognize and and you know, look at it with a certain level of humility when when we're trying to analyze something. So this time around, I really kind of changed Hammer Forge's. Um, I guess. Equipment was kind of here, and what we went after with Hellraiser was kind of like
0: here. Bring it up a notch, yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, we've obviously everything that we've all of our our kind of crown jewels, like the, the key pieces of the manufacturing operation, which are the laser bent, the laser, uh, the CNC laser, fiber laser, and the um, press brake are kind of the two key elements to the entire operation, mm-hmm. and so we we basically no holds barred uh we we got what we what we i mean there's lots of it's just like ford and jam right there's
0: yeah.
1: there's guys that'll say you know this is the best and that's the best um but but in terms of value for money and performance and i guess uh incredibly solid japanese we bought amada which is a, Jap- they're a japanese manufacturer and so um very solid manufacturing practices, obviously right. Toyota and all of these other Japanese of production systems. So, yeah, um, we're uh, we're we're well equipped, and so yeah. So, I mean, what we want to do is we want to. Strangely enough, um, my son actually the timing was really bizarre. We I sold Hammer Forge, and my son had just graduated from design school from from right. industrial design. So he was Perfect. freshly uh, diplomed from his course, and so. Yep him and I started to throw some ideas back and forth and, and Darren being a millennial and, and being very artistic and very creative himself. He's, he brings a very contemporary uh, kind of element of design. Right. If you look at the products, there's, there's, there's a very um, more modern look to the product line. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with my partners and, and doing some market research, we wanted to go into uh, more modular designs. And so, right. Uh, but to begin with, just kind of cut our teeth, right? We wanted to minimize risk, learning a new ERP, you know, we're, we're with Oracle NetSuite, uh, for any of your listeners that know Oracle, I mean, the Amata system, we're now bending, you know, using, using 3D files, whereas with Hammerforge, you know, it was 2D files. It's like, we're in, in, in another, you know, century almost, uh, right. in terms of where we were. Mm-hmm. And so, the learning curve is is pretty huge. So in order for us to be able to ramp up and and acquire the skills and learn the machines and learn the ERP and kind of learn uh, all of this new stuff that we've got, I kind of wanted to take it slow. And so we wanted to go with some units that were relatively easy for us to kind of like cut our teeth and get used to, you know, new processes and and new machines and stuff. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we developed the Yama, which is, um, um, Probably one of the most versatile units in the marketplace.
0: Um, yeah, it's uh, just the stuff I've seen from your your posts. It looks uh, outstanding.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a very unique product. Uh, it's funny because I, one of my business partners um, traveled to uh, traveled to Japan, mm-hmm. and uh, and us being barbecue fanatics, he uh, he was he was he became like super passionate about yakitori, which is kind of like Japanese street barbecue. Yep. Where they they grill skewers of meat over charcoal or wood fires in these yep. like rectangular boxes,
0: right? Yeah, it's often like a ceramic or something, isn't it?
1: Yeah, ceramic. Sometimes it's 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 line, it's just a yep. wood box lined with you know with sheet metal or right. you no, know, there's all kinds of different variants Sure. Of it, but uh, he's he was super passionate about it and, and he comes to me and says, you know, what do you think about you know um doing like a, a a kind of a Japanese style yakitori grill. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not something that's really, you know, we know skewers and kebabs, right. But we don't, we're, you know, I, I guess some of the more, I don't know, refined culinary barbecue people, if that's, sure. if that's a thing yeah. or not, I don't know. I think, I think uh, it's yeah. a thing. yeah, yeah I think, yeah. I, I, think yeah. It, I think it's a thing. Yeah. Um, more, more world, worldly educated than myself, maybe. Cause <laughs> I mean, I knew about yakitori barbecue. I knew what it was. I've eaten it before, but I, I didn't. Sure. I didn't know to the extent the following that has in Asia, certainly in Japan. So mm. um, it's it's kind of like a a, a staple, a, a, a Japanese staple of yakitori yeah. grilling on the street, right? Mm-hmm. So, yep. and and I'm always fascinated by other cultures and, and some of the great things that they can bring to barbecue. So, and then the, and then the whole thing with hibachi came to mind. You know, when I was a kid, that's when, yeah, we, had, yep. when we started. My parents were pretty poor, yeah. and so we had a hibachi. Yeah and uh and then it just started to kind of speak to me a little bit because you know like a little bit speaking to the demographic that i'm pursuing which is kind of i'm i'm my own customer i'm I'm that kind of demographic and i thought started to think back about the hibachi and the comfort food and just kind of that whole how cool those little units were yep and then my son was playing around with um designing a portable unit right and so it just, I don't know, it just kind of all came together. And as we started to develop this thing, the ideas really just started to kind of flow. Hey, we could do a plancha with it. We could mm-hmm. do, you know, not only the yakitori, but we could. And then all of a sudden, you know, I kind of
0: discovered that I can do offset smoke too. So Yeah, you had a, a baffler in there, right? The, the, an option?
1: Yep, yep. So, yep. and it just kind of went from there. And um, and every time I, I play with the thing, I, I, we figure out something new to bring to it. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, I mean it's 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 super cool. It's uh, it's kind of like a, I don't know if I could say this or not, but it's like a Swiss Army of barbecue. It's sure, yeah. It's it's got all kinds. Of, it's and yeah, and it performs great. And I mean, it's it's what people I think come to expect from. You know, I there. I guess there's. I didn't intentionally do this, but I, I guess apparently there's kind of like the Sean Bevins brand.
0: Well, yeah, I was and, gonna say you've you've built a brand uh, aside from your companies of yourself, right? You've built that brand so.
1: Right. So I I guess people have come to certainly expect, I guess, a certain level of um, quality from, from what I do. And um, yeah, I'm just super fortunate and lucky. You know, my son's there helping me. And he brings a great kind of a fresh new angle to the whole entire design process. Yep. Um, My, my partners, we come from very, very different backgrounds. And so um, one of my partners has, has been exposed to you know, very uh, refined cuisine okay. and where I'm kind of was very on the much poor you know, spectrum of things. And so, right. yeah, I, I think we've, we've got the, the the right elements to really create products that are, you know, not only unique, but um, I guess reliable and that are, that are, are, are have that, that hardcore element, yep. but they can offer, you know, that can, that would, I guess, dare to venture into, you know, culinary segments that are a bit more refined.
0: Let me tell you about CPA Alberta. Did you know a chartered professional accountant, also known as a CPA, can handle more than just financials? Those three little letters mean you're working with a professional who is trained to make a difference in an organization. CPAs can bridge all areas of an organization, understand the ins and outs of your business, and bring a holistic view to problem solving. If you've never before considered hiring a CPA to take your organization to the next level, what's stopping you? Let a CPA help you bounce back from these tough economic times. For an inside look at how Alberta's CPAs are supporting their clients through the pandemic, follow CPA Alberta on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. You can also visit cpaalberta.ca to find out more. And the uh, the AMA, was it just last week or the week before, the first... uh I guess production unit rolled off the, rolled off the line or?
1: Yeah, we, uh, well, we've, we've had, uh, we, we've been, uh, again, we're, we're really well equipped. And so, you know, whereas before it would take (coughs) five, six, eight, nine, you know, prototypes because, you know, building a one-off or building, you know, two or three units or four units or, you know, the occasional unit, that's, that's one thing, right? Mm -hmm. And, and don't get me wrong that there's craftsmanship there there's an artistic element there's takes a lot of skill and and some of the stuff that you see these guys doing um you know they they' they they do incredible work and sure. and so but it's a very different thing when you're building one off when you when you have to replicate it hopefully you know thousands of times over yeah. right yep and from one unit to the next they have to be identical yeah so it's a very different process, but we're you know like we're we're running solidworks two thousand and twenty and so you know, we have all of the finite element, you know, dynamic testing and and fluid testing, and and so we've got all of the most modern engineering tools at our disposal, and so excellent. Uh, it, it really helps uh, kind of scale down the whole development process, mm-hmm. and and I mean, over time, we've we've gained a lot of experience too of what works, what f- what formula to use for a draft, you know, um, and some of your customers have obviously probably worked with some of our units and Mm -hmm. and so they know that you know if there's one thing that we did pretty good and 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 they still do today and i can't take anything away from that is you know the hammer forge product line uh worked exceptionally well of course they were yeah they were uh you know and so and they still do and so yeah i mean and that's just kind of how it it all came about and so yeah we started production uh we did a uh Uh, first run what we would call pre-production, so a PP, what we call a PP unit. Okay, yep. And we did 25 PP units. And so you've got uh, one, two, I believe we had... uh, Hang on. We had three... The first, very first proto-prototype, bare-bones prototype. Mm -hmm. And then we had two um, validation prototypes where we had modified some of the things. We didn't really change the concept much. We just kind of made it a little bit easier. And then after when we get into the PP unit, that's where we really sit down and we analyze all of the different angles, how fast it takes to do, to assemble this. How can we do this part so that it's easier to assemble? Um, you know, how can we reinforce this? What needs to be changed? So, and that's where it becomes PP or pre-production. So yeah, we did, we completed our first uh, 25 pre-production units last week. Okay. And so Friday, actually, we actually started to cut full production units where that's how they'll come. They'll be boxed up as such, and, and then they'll go off to the dealers. So
0: ready to go. So what's the uh, timeline now from from Friday now to ha- see those out at dealers?
1: Uh, we're hoping for um, the end of October. Hellraiser okay, so will be quick, ready. Yeah, yeah we yeah. we can produce about twenty five units a day as it stands. Oh wow, well. nice. So and we're we're actively producing, right? We're trying to get yeah. ahead of what's coming our way because we know. Yeah through experience, uh, the demand's probably going to, and certainly at the price point, Mm. um, the demand's going to be extremely high for this unit. And so kind of anticipating that we're, we're really trying to get ahead of the curve, Um, but we're dealing with, we're not outsourcing anything. We're, we're doing everything in house um, except for, I really wanted to step up the branding game. And so, and and offer some, uh, I guess some, some added value for the customer in terms of, product presentation and i okay. wanted a very finished polished look to the unit mm-hmm. so what we went with this time was actually zinc molded um enameled zinc molded kind of like remember the old school belt buckles that had enamel and they were 3d sure. and yeah yeah so i wanted to go with that kind of um that look to the unit that okay. kind of belt buckle look to it to keep it kind of in tune with our culture
0: mm-hmm.
1: um with kind of our i don't know our redneck cowboy roots i guess yep, yep. um and so I wanted to kind of stay true to the, cause I always wear a big belt buckle. It's kind of yeah, a big yeah. joke through yep. that's kind of like a, I don't know if it's a moniker or not, but it's hey, certainly people think? know me for the big buckle. <laughs>
0: yeah, you'd, you'd fit right in here in Alberta, man.
1: Yeah, so, so cause everybody knows me for the big <laughs> buckle, I guess they come to expect that now from me. Yep. So, yep. Um, so yeah, I yep. mean, I, that's kind of what I wanted. And so my, my Achilles tendon or my, my weak spot is the name plates. Right. And the lead time on the name plates has been horrific. Um, yes yeah and and so and and just as luck has it but you know as I grow older and I mature more I start to realize that um the I guess the and, and I'm not a religious man by any stretch of the imagination I'm I'm not very spiritual either mm-hmm. um I do believe in karma and and I do believe in kind of destiny and you know I'm I'm a, there's there's definitely a god whatever you want to call him there's there's something up there for sure but um you know whatever it is it's strange how you can't really see initially what the reason or the purpose was right. for something to happen. Right. But eventually it works itself out and you look back and if you're humble enough, yeah. you yeah. can say, shit, that's why that happened because, exactly, you know, yeah. look where I am today. And so with the uh, name plates, um, they dropped the mold oh. and they broke the H
0: <laughs>
1: and it was like disastrous. Like, cause yeah. you know, we, we were, planning to have, uh, actually the last week of September out and they dropped the H and, and and I, and I can't see right at this very moment, why that happened, that delay.
0: Uh, Some, someday it'll, uh,
1: some divine thing will surface years down the road probably. And then we'll finally go back and say, Hey, thank God they dropped the the mold because,
0: you know, whatever, I don't know, but eh? yeah, who knows. Awesome. And then you've also the incinerator that's the other uh...
1: yeah same deal um, yeah. i I think that uh, a lot of companies have, have have missed the mark on the chimney and and yeah. and not that they've missed the mark on the chimney that I, I don't mean that I think it's a great it's a great you know notion the concept is excellent um, but there's companies you know there's companies out there if you look at the you know really really cheap you know bar uh, propane stuff that you can buy at just about any a big box store in Canada United States. And then you've got all the way up to, you know, the Crown Verities, you know, the Canadian Crown Verities of the Mm -hmm. world. And, you know, there's some other great companies out there too, you know, Memphis Grills, and there's some others that are out there as well doing, you know, really premium high-end products. And for some reason, unknown to me, and and any other type of barbecue, there's, you know, there's your really bottom of the barrels type of stuff. All the way up to your really premium, high class brands, and and nobody's doing that with a charcoal lighter, right? I mean, yeah. literally, there's there's nothing yeah. on the marketplace that's really a premium product that that literally would last you for ten, fifteen years. It just doesn't yep. exist.
0: Yeah, I'm just waiting for mine to give out on me uh, one of these days. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, how many yep. have you burned through in your life? You know, exactly. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I saw a, a, an opportunity to bring a product, and and for the offset guys, you know, because I'm I love cooking with an offset, and I love cooking with real wood, and and I'm like, what are guys using mm-hmm. to light their fires? And and there's no really log chimney yep. chimney log lighter. Yep. not that I'm aware of. I mean, there may yep. be. I, I mean, I did my research, I did my due diligence, but I didn't find anything. And so
0: mm-hmm.
1: I thought, heck, we need that. <laughs> yeah. And as I started to play with this thing, I realized, man, this would be the coolest thing ever if I put a grill on
0: top of it. Absolutely, yeah. Well, now you see people doing that with their chimneys, right? Throwing a little uh, a grill on top and cooking a steak or whatever, right? So
1: yeah. And then I, I so I I I went um, we went out for a moose hunt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had it with me and, uh, we were sitting around and, and it was kind of cold and I'm like, well, I'd like to start a fire, but there's, you know, a shit ton of dry leaves around us and I'm up in the mountains and I didn't want to burn the place down. Right. Yeah. As dry yeah. as a bone. So I'm like, and I, I had brought it, um, I had brought it with me in my, in my side. It was in my side by side as we came up to the camp and it just so happened that it was in the box of my side by side. So I pulled this thing out and, um, I had brought a I had brought a, um, a twelve inch cast iron in my coffee pot, like I got a you know these cowboy coffee percolator yep. coffee pots, and so we started cooking on this thing. And I'm realizing that when you load this thing up with sticks, twigs, and logs and branches, that it works super well as a campfire. Okay, so you're I mean you could literally when you got this thing cranked up, you couldn't get within three feet of it. I mean it was throwing heat like like crazy crazy. Yep. So I'm like. Perfect. It's a, a camp stove now, too. And then it, mm-hmm. we got the idea for the grill on the grate on top. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, awesome product. It's going to retail probably for 124.99 is what we're going to is what we're targeting it for. Yep. Um, again, super heavy duty. It's made from 11 gauge, um, 11 gauge mile, 50, 44. It's either 44W or 50, 55W, depending on where you're where you are in the country or in the world. Right. Yeah. Um, it's basically structural steel. An eighth and it's almost an eighth of an inch thick. Yes. Um the handle on it is the same handle that we use on the Yamaha It's it's a coal roll, ten twenty cold roll five H solid five five H diameter solid bar. Right. So super heavy duty. I mean you could throw, literally give it a shit kick and throw it at the back of the U T V throw it in wherever in the back of the, UTV, the, 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 back of the yeah. pickup truck. Yeah. And uh and yeah, so super portable. It's uh
0: fourteen inches, I guess, in height. Also it's uh bigger than your normal.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's much bigger. It's in about 10 inches on in diameter. So nice. Yeah. You could use it to start logs with logs, logs, logs as well. So logs, awesome. charcoal, grill yeah. on it, whatever you want to do with it. So yeah.
0: Like super it. cool. Yeah. Excellent. And good to get, uh, as you're getting the company rolling a couple of kind of more entry level products out there to get people in and, uh, invested in the products, right?
1: Yeah. And I mean, we wanted to, uh, you know, there's there was there are certain um, products in the marketplace that um, that that we that we we noticed that there's kind of a, a lack in the segment. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there's there's definitely a place. Uh, yeah. And and you know the Yama's competition um, the Yama's competition will be competing with the likes of Hasty Bake, of you know PK Grills. PK Grill, yeah. Certainly Vec PK. I mean that's kind of the segment that we want to be. Mm. Um, but we wanted to do it in a way that that that's very a very unique style to the unit which we've yeah, obviously so. achieved because it's yeah, absolutely it's it's super badass yeah um and again with using materials that are kind of next level mm-hmm. uh and offering you know versatility that maybe some of these guys in their segments they're not currently offering
0: yeah you've got uh, like we said before the different options right
1: yeah i mean uh and so yeah that's that's kind of what we wanted to do so and the yam is going to retail for like 599.99 canadian
0: that's not bad at all.
1: Right. So for, and it's a 104 pound unit, yep. two guys can literally carry it. There's room for, you could probably put up to two, four, six grates. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about 21 inches long, a little bit but close to 11 inches wide. I mean, the thing is awesome. And, mm-hmm. and I just happened to fall onto, you know, I did a little video the other day about how I discovered this thing's capability. Uh, the ability to, to, use, to use as a reverse low smoker. Yep. Um, I wanted to do heat stability testing, and and it's a really good way with a great big cold piece of meat. It's a really great way to – and it's big and thick at one end, and it's kind of thin at another. It's a great way to check your stability. So I was right. just doing some testing, and and I didn't want to waste the meat, obviously, so I threw a water pan in there. Yep. And, uh, and, and, and I mean, I was – I, I kid you not. It was I, I used three three handfuls of our um, Tex Mix Tex Mex charcoal. Yep. And it 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 literally smoked for sixteen hours. I used one little hardwood, uh, just like a little maple split that I put on top of the charcoal. Yep. With the uh, with the water pan in there, and dude, the freaking brisket was just. There's pictures of it out there. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the stability of the unit was incredible. Like I did a seventeen pound, like a full size seventeen pound packer brisket, yep. fits perfectly on that unit. Nice. And and that's something that you can't do with some of the other guys that are in the segment, right? You really have to trim the briskets down. Yep. And so uh, a full size packer will fit on the Yama, and I mean it turned out as good, if not better than the briskets that I've done on some of the, our other other well in my other life you know, yep, yep. products, obviously. So yeah, I was, I was super excited about it. And I was like, and then I started to reflect and I measured the water pan, you know, because of the ratios from the firebox mm-hmm. to the opening, to the chimney size, like there's a lot going on there, right. In terms yeah. of the science. Um, and so uh, it just, you know, I basically replicated the volume, the air volume that I'd left over from the pan mm-hmm. and uh, man, it's, I smoked ribs with it again the other night and I've smoked a bunch of stuff with it since. And, and so, yeah, we've got a, uh, an optional, like an accessory uh, reverse flow baffle plate yep. that you can basically drop right into the machine. And now you've turned it into an offset smoker. So super, nice. super cool. I mean, it's, uh, yes, That's, it's exciting. Yeah,
0: yeah. the versatility, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome.
1: Yep. You're not going to have to do any of the voodoo magic that, you know, the snake methods or yes, all these yeah. kind of backflips and, and things yep. that
0: you have to call these
1: special things that you have to do to, with some of these units. Um, it'll be as simple as dropping that reverse flow plate in there. And you've you've seriously got a reverse low smoker that's, you know, the perfect size for a family of four. You know, absolutely, yeah. And, and even probably even more. I mean, a full size packer brisket. Oh yeah, you're feeding. We'll it we'll finish that. it. Yeah, we'll finish it. What nine nine pounds? Nine ten yep. pounds? Maybe. Easy. And up. so you've got enough there for nine ten people. You know, on this little tiny unit. So yeah, it's yeah. it's exciting. We're we're pretty excited about it.
0: Well, and with the just the the small amount of charcoal you're using too, it's efficient, right?
1: Oh, it's crazy. Well. And, and, and the, the charcoal is the, the you know, it, again, it was kind of by accident that I, 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 I got a hold of some of this charcoal. And so obviously we're, um, we're not a charcoal producer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I have to rely on, on partners for our charcoal. Yep. And, um, you know, obviously through my time in the, in the barbecue industry, I've met all kinds of people and I got some great friends out of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And so they put me in touch. And I, and, and I follow a lot of the, barbe- the Mexican barbecue circuit down in Texas. And I, I watch a lot. I've got a lot of friends that are competing down there. And um, I wanted to bring uh, that kind of traditional Mesquite post oak charcoal taste. Yep. Um, I miss that from being a kid. You know, down in Detroit, a lot of the charcoal that would be on the marketplace from in and around the Detroit area was all the stuff from kind of the deep south. Okay. yeah. And, um, and so, uh, here in Canada, I think that the marketplace is, is missing that really for those guys that want to really get that traditional Texas barbecue taste. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're not smoking with, you know, post oak or mesquite, I mean, the next best thing that we can get is, you know, uh, charcoal. So, yeah. you know, we can get pecan we can get some things, you know, in these little bags that they bring over, but,
0: yeah. Uh, you know. Or
1: I, but I think Furtado, I think
0: Fortato does. Yeah. He's got, I think and,
1: yeah, I think Furtado's doing some stuff. Yep. Um, great guy, Jeff, by the way, he's super, yeah, had, super he's,
0: nice guy. Yeah. He's been on the show and
1: yeah, super nice guy. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. congratulations to Jeff. He's now all the way out West from what I hear he's distributing yes. out there. So that's good for him. Yeah. Um,
0: good for me too.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, good for everybody. I think <laughs> in the whole, and the whole barbecue community, Jeff brings a yeah. great product and the product. Yes. the to the table and uh, and i'm yeah i'm super excited for him so yeah good for jeff um and you know i didn't want to go necessarily after anybody's marketplace i just wanted to offer something that was different
0: yeah so it's uh, a it's a mesquite and post oak blend the charcoal
1: yeah it's 50% mesquite 50% post oak nice and um it's uh the stuff is 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 incredible i i mean obviously before we you know uh because I, I i bought a shit ton of it <laughs> <laughs> i bought a shit ton of charcoal um yeah we had, i i still hasn't shown up yet uh they had oh, yeah. they've had yeah they've had a lot of rain down there apparently but right. uh uh it's starting to dry up now so they're they're back to packaging but uh yeah we got a shit ton of it coming nice. and i mean we, i wouldn't have um again i you know i i I I pride myself on always being you know honest, straightforward guy. I, I don't lie to customers. I've 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 got a I've got a, a track record and a reputation in the barbecue industry as a pretty straight shooter. I'm, I'm not always yep. politically correct, hey. but you know I'm I am who I am, and I'm kind of old school that way. So I want to make sure that anything that my face that our, our business is associated with um, does what people expect that what it's what they expect from me myself personally and from the brand. So yeah. Uh, the stuff is awesome and I haven't um, like I, I, I and again it's it's, it's difficult to um, promote I guess your uh, it's difficult to promote your own stuff without trying not trying to throw anybody under the bus um, yep. I, I don't want to do that I think that there's, uh, there's lots of products in the marketplace and there's some great stuff out there obviously I was a huge charcoal consumer as well mm-hmm. I used mostly wood before that. Um, I've always used mostly wood, but I did consume a lot of charcoal. And so I have consumed very similar to yourself, probably. And a lot of the guys listening, a variety of of different products that are in the Canadian marketplace. Mm -hmm. And this really is a very unique, very unique product. It's super, super heavy. It's uh, burns forever. I mean, it's a, it's a different value proposition,
0: right? Yep.
1: Very different flavor profile. Uh, completely different product, and I was kind of blown away from it by it because you're really getting something that's uh, that's uh, yeah, really kind of traditional Mexican Southwest, Texas, yeah. Tex, Texas kind of barb rich, rich. It's, it's a super rich charcoal,
0: right? Yeah, the mesquite will give it a rich flavor for sure, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, and yeah, uh, nice. but the post the post oak really offsets it nicely, and it's yeah. just really, 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 really good stuff. It's yeah. kind of weird. Because you're used to, you know, we're used to, you know, maple charcoal or, you know, there's a lot of stuff. It's kind of, I don't know, a bit tragic because a lot of the stuff that's finding its way to the Canadian marketplace because of the shortages is stuff from, um, from Siberia or from Siberia and from Estonia and from Lithuania and kind of the Eastern European countries, yeah. and so we're seeing a lot of birch, a lot of alder, a lot of. You know, and they're claiming it to be hardwoods, but there's a lot of that finding its way into the Canadian marketplace, right? Um, And this stuff is—it's—it's a completely different animal. It's, uh, you know, so when you look at uh, what twenty pounds weighs compared to what twenty pounds weighs to what we're used to, yeah, uh, it's—it's. I I would would have to say that it's probably minimum three to one. Wow. So for a you know for a three-inch chunk of the um, I guess the readily available charcoal that's in the Canadian marketplace versus the Hellraiser Tex Mex Mix charcoal,
0: yeah, it's
1: about three to one the weight ratio. So, our wow. stuff weighs about three times more than average, yeah, yep. which comes with drawbacks, it comes with huge advantages, but it also mm. comes with drawbacks, just like any other charcoal, right? Yep. There is no perfect charcoal, no. you know, it's it's nature's. Perfect in some ways, but yeah. in perfection through natural development, right? Yep, yep. Um, so the uh, one of the things about a very hard, dense charcoal, it's it's a little bit more difficult to light, right? Um, and it creates a little bit more ash, right? But it burns. Man, does it burn! And it burns yeah. forever, and it burns yep. super, super, super hot. Like we did laser testing. I bought. We've got a laser um, testing device that we use to test temperatures, right. And it basically the first time we ran the charcoal was off the laser's capability, so Crazy. past wow. 1100 degrees for Fahrenheit, so wow. burns super hot and super long time. So yeah,
0: nice. So I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah. Look forward to seeing that out here. Yeah, me too. Uh, so you kind of touched on. Uh, we'll move a uh, move change uh, subjects a little bit here. Uh, you talked about your son being part of the team and your uh, other partners. Any other? Kind of team members uh, involved with all the developments. You want to give yeah, a shout
1: out to? Yeah, um, well, I uh, my 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 youngest son is involved as well. It's kind of a family operation. My business partner, nice. my two business partners are cousins. Yep. <clears throat> um, and when I started, when I started Hellraiser back up, I had a um, a, a, a uh, I wasn't allowed to contact or hire any of the uh, nice. ex employees from Hammerforge. and so. Um, basically see their, their curriculum vitae's like their CVs just started showing up in my email box. Yep. And at that point I'm not soliciting anybody. Yep. And so, yeah, a, a whole bunch of people from Hammerforge followed me over. Excellent. And so, yeah, we're, we're super excited. We've got some, some of the great people that, that, that helped me build Hammerforge are, are with me again today. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. The team is, is, is awesome. They're, all very, very passionate foodies, all very passionate barbecue people. So the core, you know, and, and the culture of any company, it's always kind of those key. I, it's the, the I guess it's the, 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 you know, because a startup is tough, right? So you need a, yeah, almost a warrior culture of mm-hmm. people with a warrior mindset, because it's not easy a startup, yeah. you know? And it's, I can, I can sit here and, and make it look all gl- glamorous and pretty, but it's, it's oh, yeah. some days it's not. Yep. And, uh, and so you really need special people to kind of be part of that whole startup process, mm-hmm. the stress, you know, the, that, you know, need to be agile and nimble and you have to get to market quick and you're just, everything's moving so fast and you're, you're always, you know, flow is always drained and you're always under the gun and you're just stressed all the time. Right. So yeah. you need really special people to kind of be able to endure that. And, and I think that um, we've, we've kind of, Forged a company culture, uh, uh, you know, previously that that's kind of uh, overlapped into Hellraiser, and so excellent. I'm I'm super excited about that that kind of core those core values because anybody that's going to come into the company after the fact, after this mm-hmm. initial startup phase, you know, new employees or whatnot, all know that the company culture is 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 rock solid, yeah, and that those people that we bring into the team that are going to be able they'll be able to uh, integrate to the Hellraiser way
0: of life. Right. Yep. For sure. Awesome. Now it's nice for you to have, uh, some familiarity as well, right. With some of the people. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. I got, I'm very, very, I'm I'm extremely fortunate. They, I've got some people that work super, super hard. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm very fortunate. It's, you know, some people, they, they, you know, you always hear them complain about their bosses. Apparently I was, it wasn't that bad because yeah, when they
0: follow you it can't be too bad <laughs> when they follow
1: you it's i guess that's a good sign so yeah <laughs> and they can't I, was, I was surprised i was actually yeah. it was uh and to be totally honest man i was it was pretty heart it was pretty heartwarming actually that when Absolutely. i saw saw that first yeah. cv show up i was like wow mm-hmm. i i didn't yeah. realize that you know that i was that important for that person i guess right
0: <laughs> yeah yep yeah. awesome
1: and 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 nice. you know you yeah. you always got to kind of keep an open mind because you just never know how you you know we never know how we impact people's lives right we yep. just it's it's kind of again i guess it comes back to karma it's kind of strange how how the universe works and mm-hmm. you know so i guess just try to be good to people because you just never know yeah, yeah, <laughs> when they exactly. come back and help you again i
0: guess for sure so you've got the the three products kind of in the works now what uh any uh info on what's coming next
1: Um, well, we've, we've, uh, I don't know if, if maybe some of your listeners have been following, we bought a, uh, I bought a a four roller, uh, fully automatic numeric control, uh, roller bender. Okay. yeah. And so we're super excited about that because I did not have that with hammer forge and no, so that will allow me to go into pizza ovens to traditional Ah. round offset smokers to, Mm -hmm. it gives me a completely different capability. Uh, capability that I didn't have uh, previously, and so yeah, we we want to go into um, modular uh, cooking again, mm-hmm. always with a, a more enhanced ex- a barbecue experience, uh, an right. enhanced outdoor outdoor living and cooking experience, and so yeah, we've I've got we've got designs for uh, two more products. One's an Argentine Grill, uh, mm, nice yeah, a, a, an Argentine Grill. And the other is a—it's uh, kind of a, again a, a smoker backslash, direct grill. It's kind of a combination of all things. Okay. But then again, we're 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 seeing the reaction to the Yama, and I'm starting to wonder if we don't need like a if the Yama doesn't deserve to have like a, a small, medium, and then large. Mm, right. Sure. Yeah. So that that could be a possibility too. But for right now, I mean, we just we want to cut our teeth on these two products that we've got to start. Yep. And uh, like I say, we've got a bunch of drawings. We're we're ready. I mean, the three D, the nestings, all of mm-hmm. them, the the files are, are complete on our other products. I don't know. I'm just gonna kind of ride, ride, take a ride, and, and see kind of where it goes.
0: And get to get some cash coming in too. Uh, start selling some of this. Uh. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah was, it's uh, been it's been a, it's been it's been a long long couple of months. Yeah,
0: no doubt. I was uh, talking with a local distillery here a little while ago, and when they when they started the distillery, the the goal was to make whiskey. And obviously that takes a while. And uh, we were doing a tasting, and he was pouring us the vodka, and he says, "You know what we call this?" And we said, "What?" He says, "Cash flow." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is. Well, the- and that's
1: and that's probably the odor <laughs> of the smoke that comes out of the yama as well. You can yeah, actually smell yeah. the money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's a good. Oh, one. That's good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Sean, it uh, that money?
0: yeah, exactly. So, where can uh, folks find info on Hellraiser?
1: Oh, well, they can visit us at, uh, at at Hellraiser Outdoor Cooking. and I know it's a, a long name, but for uh, search engine engine optimization, I wanted to have the words outdoor cooking in the in the uh, URL. Sure, yeah. Yeah. So it's hellraiseroutdoorcooking.com. com. They can visit us and find us on Facebook. and by the way, we're we're giving away mm-hmm. um, unit number one, Yama number yes. one, the, the first yep. production unit. We're giving it away. I'm going to give a free hat, just like this one, and a free uh, shirt, just like this one, to the person who wins it. Yep. We're super excited about that. It's called the um. What do we What do we call it? Uh, What What did I call it? The The the, the flames of hell
0: giveaway or promotion? Something something like 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 that. that. I saw it on your Facebook.
1: Something like that. It was catchy anyway.
0: Um, I got my entry and uh, yeah. So if (laughs) you,
1: I I guess there's three steps. You have to like our Facebook page use the hashtag Hellraiser and then join the closed group. So there's a closed group, Hellraiser, it's called Hellraisers. Then there's the uh, Facebook page, obviously, and we're also on
0: Instagram. Awesome. Excellent, man. So I think you probably covered this maybe the last time we talked, but uh, a a new cooker now, so uh, it's dinner time. Uh, You got the yamma fired up. What's your go-to?
1: What have I been cooking a lot of lately? I've been doing – I did a lot of freaking skewers. (laughs) (laughs) yeah <laughs> because obviously now I got that capability right with the with yeah, the yeah. Yep. um I don't know. I've been doing a lot more direct grilling than I was doing in the past. Okay. Um, and it's a unit that's so quick you know it's it's a much it, I can get up to tem much faster than anything else I'm used to, so I've been doing a lot of direct grilling um nice. I've been doing um I'm trying to think of the name in in, in English sometimes i um spatchcock chicken I've been doing a lot yeah, yeah, of those yeah. yep. uh, I've done some briskets lately. What else am I doing? Drumsticks. I don't know. I, we eat barbecue like almost every night. Sure. So I don't really have a go-to. I just, you Whatever. know, Yeah. well, and, and for me, food is a meal's not meal without meat. Yeah. So I'm always grilling something almost every other day or every day almost. So yeah. I don't really have a go-to right now.
0: I don't know. Did I see a, uh, Did I see a Thanksgiving turkey on the Yama?
1: No, I didn't do that no, on the well, oven. I was, I just, okay, that, that was in the oven. I okay. I didn't have time. I yeah. I would have done it on the. I've done lots of turkeys in the smokers, yeah. but I no that that one was, that one was done in my oven. I, yeah. I'm almost ashamed. Uh, I well, should probably <laughs> hang my hang my head in shame, but <laughs> you know I got to be honest. Yeah. I didn't cook it in
0: the smoker, so yeah, yeah, can't do it all, right? Well, Sean, uh, that's awesome, man. I'm uh, really excited to uh, follow the progress with Hellraiser and to see you back at it and. Uh, wish you all the luck and appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk about it with us. So.
1: Well, I, 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 I'm always happy to talk to you, Ryan. And I, and yep. I see your, 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 your podcast is growing and you're getting more of an audience and you're super active in the community. I mean, even you follow, even though East, I mean, you're kind of everywhere. We, I see you pop up all the time through, well through my feed. And so I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm always happy to talk, talk with you and I'm, I'm really thankful for the opportunity.
0: Hey, appreciate it. And I, was, I guess I'll let you throw it out there. You're, uh, I've seen posts you're looking for dealers, correct?
1: Yeah, we certainly are looking for dealers. Um, And so, yeah, just give us a, you can send me an email at Sean at Hellraiser, very important, H-E-L-L-R-A-Z-R, outdoorcookingallinoneword.com, or they can find us again on Facebook or on our website. Um, Yeah, we're looking for dealers. I'm a fewer, smaller, stronger dealer network type of guy. So we don't want to devalue the brand or the products Mm. by giving it to everybody. So we're very particular about who we want to bring on board. Right. We want to make sure that their culture, their company culture is fit with ours, but definitely we're looking for, we're, we're looking for well-established retailers out west awesome. and everywhere in between.
0: For sure. Well, Sean, hey, appreciate it, man. All the best, brother, and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Take care, my friend.
0: That's a wrap, everybody. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks to Sean Bevins for joining me to talk about Hellraiser, and be sure to check them out and enter the contest to win the serial number one Yama Grill. Thanks for tuning in. See you all next week. Hey friends, thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe to the show and I'd love it if you'd leave a rating and review. You can find me online at eatmorebarbecue.ca and also at albertabbqtrail.ca. Check out the listing of joints on the Barbecue Trail site and show them your support. If you're not in Alberta, get out and show your local barbecue joints some love. Give me a follow on Twitter at eatmorebarbecue and on Facebook and Instagram at eat underscore more underscore barbecue. If you have any questions or guest suggestions, my email is eatmorebarbecue at gmail.com. Thanks to Alan Horbin for the great music on this and every episode of the Eat More Barbecue podcast. This podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported, and is a production of Eat More Barbecue Digital Media. Till next time, folks, keep on smoking.